Hello and welcome to another podcast episode all about weddings. Do you remember your wedding? That's probably a daft question. Why did I ask you that? Everyone remembers their wedding. Or should I say, do you remember your weddings? Plural, even. I know a couple. They got married. Uh, was it last year? Year before? And they were both a little bit hesitant about telling the, the other one how many times they'd been married previously. They knew they'd both been married in the past, but not how many times. It turned out that they both had four previous marriages. So it was her fifth husband and his fifth wife. And when they eventually sort of owned up and said, I've got to tell you something. Oh, this was just before they got married. That's right. Got to tell you something before we get married. I've been married four times previously. And I forget which way round it was. And the other one said, Oh no, so have I, <laughs> the same time, four times. And they've been happy, well, yeah, last year or the year before, they've been together, they seem to be happy. It doesn't always work out, does it, the first marriage. Sometimes people marry when they're far too young. I know a couple, they got married at 16, and I, like most other people, thought, well, this won't last. 16, they're, they're barely out of childhood. But, you know, they're now 66 so that's what, 50 years? They've been married 50 years, happily. So it doesn't always mean that you could be too young to get married or too old to get married. You know, it it just depends how it works out, doesn't it? I mean, the couple that are, <laughs> the couple that are now on their fifth marriage, they tried and tried and tried and tried. And then five times they tried again. And hopefully this one will be it. I mean, they oh, they can't do six. No, no, no. Hopefully this will be it. Now, here's a good one. This is more about weddings than how long marriages last. I went to a wedding. A friend of mine getting married and went to the wedding. Terrific. In the church. Absolutely lovely ceremony. Beautiful. Went to the reception. Absolutely brilliant. They'd spent a lot of money. Or, well, both their parents and their, the couple had spent a lot of money on it all. They were, how old were they? Early 20s. Yeah, early 20s. Everything went, it was like a dream. I, I remember hearing both sets of parents say, what a lovely ceremony and beautiful weather. The whole thing had gone like a dream. At the reception, it was summertime, beautiful weather. People sort of overflowed from the venue. It was a, it was a big function room behind a, a pub. Uh, very, very nice, very plush place. And out the back of this place, there was a beautiful garden. There was a pond, seating, all sorts, a lovely garden. And I wandered out there. I found a little seat in a, uh, what is it called, an arbour, you know, a little archway thing. And I sat on this seat with my drink, enjoying the weather. And a couple of people, I heard a couple of people talking. They were just the other side of the bushes. Imagine I'm in a kind of archway of bushes. That's all irrelevant. I don't know why I'm telling you that. Well, you like to know where I'm sitting, don't you? And I could hear this couple talking. And it was the, the bride and the best man. And they were chatting. I wasn't particularly listening. I wasn't eavesdropping or deliberately. As I moved up and put my ear through the bushes and my head and spied on. No, I didn't do that at all. I just sat there. And she said, we'll be back from the honeymoon next Saturday. I forget where they were going, but it was only a week. And he said, OK, I'll see you then. And she said, I'll tell him that I'm seeing Karen and I'll meet you at the usual place. And I'm thinking, well, what's all this? You know, what's going on? I, I didn't want to think immediately. I didn't think, oh, she's cheating. 
on her new husband. You know, they've only been married an hour. <laughs> and I thought, no, 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 she can't be cheating. This must be something else. And he, he said, I'm really going to miss you while you're away for this week. And she said, well, I'm going to miss you. Because that was the day before mobile phones. It was This was, what, 60s, 70s. So they couldn't keep in touch that way. But she did say, I'll try and phone you. They were going on honeymoon somewhere in the UK. So it wouldn't take much just to phone him, I suppose, from wherever. I think it was down Devon or somewhere they were going. As I listened to them talking, it went quiet. So I, I did, actually. I, I stood up, peered through the bushes, and they were kissing. It was a long, passionate kiss. The bride and the best man. I just, I don't know, my stomach sank. I don't know how I felt. I felt annoyed, disappointed, angry. You know, this was my friend's new wife of, of an hour. And the best man was a friend of mine as well. My friend's best friend. The best man well, turned out to be the worst man. I didn't know what to do. It ruined the whole thing for me. I was just stunned. I mean, what do you do in a situation like that? You know, do you, should I have gone and told my friend, you know, your wife's snogging some bloke round the back, your best man, and she's going to see him when you get back from your honeymoon next Saturday. Do I go and tell him? Or do I mind my own business? Do I keep out of it? I didn't know what to do. I really didn't. One thing I did do, I left the reception early because, it, as I say, it just spoiled the whole thing for me. I I just made some excuse and I said, look, sorry, you know, I'm not, I forget, I think I said I had a bad stomach or something. I got out of it and I went home. But, you know, what do you do in a situation like that? Everyone looking forward to it, all the money being spent, young couple in love, getting married. Well, obviously, she she wasn't in love. I saw my friend, the bridegroom, about a month later. He was in our local pub. And I just joked. I said, what are you doing here? You're married now. You, you're not allowed out. You're under the thumb. You're a married man. You shouldn't be here. You know, I just made a joke of it. The pub is for singles, not married men. And he didn't look at all happy. He said, I'm not a married man. Oh dear, I just, I didn't say anything. I just looked at him and he said, she was sleeping with Derek. I tried to look innocent. I think I must have looked stupid. And I, I said, Derek? <laughs> he said, well, my best man, you know, Derek. I said, oh, that Derek, yeah. I said, well, what do you mean? Anyway, he told me all about it. They'd been married... A couple of weeks, he said. I mean, this was only a month after the wedding that I bumped into him. So two weeks previous to our meeting, he'd come home early from work and caught his new wife with his his best man. I mean, it's not funny. Anyway, he luckily they'd only rented this flat that they were in. He said, I'm, I'm back with my parents. And she's back with her parents. They've both gone home. So that was the end of it. Their marriage lasted two weeks and they split up. I did see him a couple of years after that. I think he moved away. Uh, I know she moved away. She went off with Derek, the best man or the worst man. They went off somewhere together. So I never saw or heard of them again. But a couple of years I, later, I bumped into him. I don't know where he went. I think he disappeared for a while. But uh, when I saw him a couple of years later, he was married. He had a child. He was happy. So it turned out for the best in the end. But what a dreadful thing to happen you know, on your wedding day. It just doesn't bear thinking about, does it? I knew a girl. Now you're thinking, oh, here we go again. No, no, no. <laughs> Seriously, I knew this girl. On her wedding eve, is that her wedding day eve? Is that right? It's not her wedding night because that's the night off the wedding. Yeah, the, the evening before her wedding, you know what I mean? Wedding day eve. 
She phoned me and said, come round. She was staying temporarily in a small flat because her and her new husband were going to move after the honeymoon into a house that they were buying. So she has been staying in this small flat and she invited me round. I said on the phone, I said, what for? What's happening? She said, I need to talk to you. So I said, OK, you know, give me 10 minutes. I drove round there and I went in and she poured me a beer, gave me a beer out of the fridge and she was drinking vodka or whatever it was. And she said, it could have been you. I said, what, what do you mean? It could have, what could? She said, the wedding tomorrow, it could have been you. I said, what, me getting married? I said, well, I suppose it could be anyone. She said, no, I mean you and I knew what she meant. She said, I mean you and me, us as a couple getting married tomorrow. And then she said, it still can be. I said, what do you mean it still can be? I'd better put you in the picture a little bit. She was an ex-girlfriend of mine. We'd split up about a year previously, I suppose. And there she is on her wedding day eve, saying to me that it could have been me, or it should have been me, she was saying in the end, it should have been. She said, now I've ended up, I won't mention his name, now I've ended up with, we call him John. I've ended up with John. And I said, but you're a bit late in the day to now decide that you don't really want to marry John. You know, you've got like 12 hours to go. And it's your, your wedding day. Well, not 12 hours to go, a few hours to the actual day, but sort of 12 hours, oh, I don't know, you know what I mean. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. I can't work out, if this was seven in the evening, then 12 hours is seven the next morning. I think she's getting married at 11. Yeah, so there we are, whatever it is. And I said, you you can't do this. You, you've got to stop the wedding. Oh, too late now. Anyways, the funny thing is, after they got married, she was still after me. I went round to see them on the odd occasion. I, I got to know him over the year that uh, I'd split up from her. You know, he knew about us. He knew that we were, what is it, an item or something once. I got to know him, John, isn't it, I call him. I got to know him quite well. I'd go around and see them. And if ever I popped round there and he was out, then she was all over me. Don't get me wrong, I just left. I said, I'm not doing this. I didn't want to do that sort of thing. But what a dreadful thing on the actual eve of your wedding to say to someone, well, this could have been and should have been you. I don't know, it makes you wonder why. <laughs> it makes you wonder why some people get married, doesn't it? I think perhaps some people get married because they're afraid of being left on their own on the shelf. You know, their friends have got married and they're perhaps, I don't know, 30s, heading for 40. Well, at any age, I suppose, 20s. And they're thinking, oh, well, all my friends have got married. So so they have a look round. Uh, right, I want to get married. Who's that over there? Oh, yeah, you'll do. Come on. We'll go out with each other. We'll get married. And within sort of six months, they're married. I've known that happened before. But again, that doesn't mean to say that it'll end in divorce because it was a because it was a short time before meeting and actually getting married, like a six months. <laughs> that doesn't necessarily mean it will end in disaster. Sometimes you see old couples, don't you, on the telly, they're getting married and they're both in their eighties. You know, I think, well why why are they getting married in their eighties? Why not? Do you have to be eighteen or twenty eight? Why not eighty? Nothing wrong with that. There was one wedding I went to in my early 20s and I wasn't actually invited to the wedding ceremony itself, but the reception. I knew the couple, but not that well. So I went along to the reception, which was excellent. Uh, that was in a function room uh, in a hotel, a big function room. They had a bar, they had music. Oh, they had a DJ. Don't, what is it with DJs? I don't know what it is. Well, they have to make lots of noises, don't they? And they stand there with headphones on and they keep commenting, you know, a record's playing, and you think, I like this one. 
and they keep commenting. There was one, uh, I don't who chose the record, I don't know, but it was Cliff Richard, Please Don't Tease Me. You know that one? Oh, please don't tease me. I won't sing it. I'll, you'll switch off if I sing. And he kept saying, no, we won't tease you, Cliff. No, it's all right, Cliff. We won't tease you. And he ruined the record. I mean, I don't particularly like the record anyway. But this blasted <laughs> DJ, he just kept, whatever he played, he kept interrupting and singing along. And in the end, I don't know who it was, but in the end, someone told him. And he packed up his gear and left. You know, halfway through the evening, he just packed up his gear and left. Someone went home, who obviously didn't live too far away, and came back with one of these ghetto blaster things, you know, cassette tapes. Do you remember cassette tapes? You don't see many of those. I've got a load somewhere in the loft. A load of cassette tapes. You know, in the little um, carrying cases you could get, like blue or black plastic-covered carrying cases. But this chap came back, and it was much better. He put on some decent music, and the ghetto blaster thing he had was perfectly loud enough. Absolutely fantastic. But I, I think everyone was glad to see the back of this stupid DJ person. I think he thought he was a celebrity. Well, he wasn't. <laughs> I digressed and went on to the DJ. What I was going to tell you was, the two sets of parents, I was within earshot, and they were arguing. Oh, no, they're not doing this. Oh, yes, they are. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. No, they're not. No, they're not. And they were arguing like, and I thought, this is going to end up in a punch-up. Some wedding receptions end up in fights, don't they? <laughs> I mean, I've never actually seen a fight. I suppose I haven't been to that many wedding receptions, really. But these two sets of parents, it was the women mainly, were arguing. My son's not doing that. I'm not sure what it was. And the other woman was saying, well, my daughter certainly isn't. Yeah, I felt sorry for the chap. He's got a mother-in-law like this woman. And the girl's got a mother-in-law like the other one. What on earth is going to happen? Because, you know, you hear about mother-in-laws, don't you? You hear that they're dreadful, evil mother-in-laws, and especially the groom's mother. She doesn't like it that her son's gone off with some other woman. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, there's all jealousy and stuff. I know a chap. He got married. He was 35. He'd lived at home until he was 35. Never forget him, Dave. He got married at 35 and we all thought at the wedding, we thought that his mother was going to cling to his leg and he'd have to drag her down, down the aisle because he lived at home with his mum. He never left home and suddenly he's getting married and his mother was not at all pleased. She was not a happy bunny. As the years went by, I remember him saying to me, you know, my mum still isn't happy. I mean, what sort of situation is that? I felt sorry for his wife. She'd got to compete with his mother. Now, that's nothing new, is it? But their wedding went off all right. It was fine as it happens. And uh, they've been married for, oh, I don't know, decades. They've got three kids and everything's fine. So no problems there. I think the, the church bit or the uh, registry office, as we've got in the UK, what have you got abroad, like in America? You don't have to go to church, do you? We've got a registry office. I think now you can... You can marry wherever you like, more or less. A lot of people now seem to, I know several people, they've gone off to Mexico, Cancun, to get married. I mean, who wants to go to Mexico to get married? What's the point in that? You know, if I'm doing something, I want to do it around the corner locally. <laughs> I don't have to travel too far. And of course, the thing is, I knew a couple. They got married. They wanted to get married. Where were they going? Egypt? I can't remember. Or Australia? Somewhere daft. 
Well, no, not that Australia's daft. I mean, Egypt, you know, it's all lovely. I've never been there, but it must be lovely. And both sets of parents, they couldn't afford to, you know, fly out to these sort of exotic places. So both sets of parents are sitting at home while their, their son, daughter, they're getting married in some foreign climes somewhere. And you're very disappointed. Of course, you know, they had tears. And, oh, oh, my little girl's getting married. Oh, my son's getting married. And I can't be there. I mean, you can't just decide, oh, I'm going to fly out to Mexico for, for a week or Egypt or Australia. I forget where it was. So I think it's quite sad when that happens, unless the whole family can go. But you can't, you know, even then, flying abroad somewhere, you've got aunts and uncles and all sorts of erroneous people. Is that, is that the word? Erroneous people that might want to go. And they can't, of course, can they? I don't think erroneous is the right word, is it? Alexa, what does erroneous mean? The adjective erroneous is usually defined as containing error, mistaken, incorrect, wrong. That's not the right word, is it? What word am I looking for? Um, people out on the peripheral, you know, removed. That's another. What are cousins twice removed? Yeah, you know, I could never work that out. Oh, that's my cousin twice removed. Well, removed from what? Well, where's he been? <laughs> Has he been to remove school? We had a remove class at our school. Kids of, what, 16, 17? And they couldn't read or write. And it was the R class, R stream or something. R for remove or removed. I think it was remove. They were going somewhere else and this was kind of an interim thing. Um, is that the right word? Now, interim, of course it is. Yeah, so I don't, they, it was a shame. They used to smoke in the playground. Bear in mind, this was the 60s. They used to smoke in the playground. They didn't care what anyone thought. And some of them arrived to school on motorbikes. I couldn't believe it. When I started at this um, secondary modern school for boys, I walked up the drive, pushing my bicycle on my first day. And there's a dozen motorbikes parked on this sort of uh, paved area. But these, some of these blokes, they were like Hell's Angels. <laughs> There's me. I'm, what, 12, 11, 12 years old. Yeah, must have been 12. Turn up at what uh, what was meant to be big school, and it's bigger than I thought. There's Hell's Angels <laughs> on motorbikes. And, of course, you know, they had fights in the playground and they smoked. The teachers left them alone. The teachers left them alone. They just kept well away. I don't blame them. Anyway, now I've removed myself from what we're talking about. Where were we? I don't know. I haven't got a clue. Getting married is a strange thing to do, isn't it, when you think about it? Because what are you doing? You're, you're getting together and you're renting or buying property together. You've got to buy furniture. You've got bills, electricity, and you know, you're taking on all this, taking on the rent or a mortgage. Uh, you've got to buy your own food every week. You know, you're quite comfortable at home, but now you've got to pay for everything, hot water, food. You've got to pay your own phone bill, <laughs> your own... TV channels you've got to pay for. You know, why? Why do all that? Just so you can shack up with someone. No, it's not shacking up though, is it? It's supposed to be, people are supposed to get married because they're in love. Now, therein lies the problem. I think, how can you know that you're in love when you're in your teens? People in their teens think they're in love. I mean, I was in my teens once and almost every girl I met, I thought, here we are, I'm in love. Yeah, five minutes later, no, I'm not. <laughs> Nothing to do with love, that was something else. It's strange, isn't it, how two people meet and they just 
I don't know, throw caution to the wind, get together, and really, is it hope? Hope that it works? No, it's not hoping it'll work, is it? It's it's knowing that it'll work. I think when you first get married, anyone, when they first get married, they think this is going to be it. We'll make it good. Uh, I remember being quite pleased when I got married. I didn't have to get married. You know, my girlfriend wasn't pregnant, which in my in my day was quite a thing, you know. Why are you getting married? Well, I'm in love. Really? Isn't she pregnant? No. Oh, well, why are you getting married then? It, no, it wasn't that bad. Actually, it was. I've got to tell you about this one. I went to a wedding at a registry office. We all piled in and we all sat down. I don't know whether you've been to a registry office before, but there's a rows of chairs and you sit down. The registrar was a woman and she stood out the front. And we're thinking, where's the, the bride? She's not here yet. The bridegroom was there. Everyone's there. We're all seated and we're waiting. Now, bear in mind, they've got slots. You know, time, uh, that's your wedding at sort of half eleven. Yours is at 12, yours is half 12, or whatever they do. This was later in the afternoon, I think about four o'clock in the afternoon, I can't remember, late afternoon. And the registrar, she kept looking at her watch and then up at the wall clock. Then she's whispering to the, the bridegroom and all the people are starting to mumble, 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 mumble. Where is she? Where's the, where's the bride? She didn't turn up. She just, I mean, it's not funny. She didn't turn up. So eventually the registrar lady, she said, look, I'm sorry, I've got another one booked. You must all leave. So we all sort of wandered outside. She herded us out like a load of sheep. <laughs> she wasn't a sheepdog, but she was acting like one, ushering us all out. So we're all standing outside, lovely summer afternoon. We're all chatting away. Where's the bride? Where's the bride? The bride's parents disappeared. Because again, as I said earlier, not, this was in the days of no mobile phones. No one was in touch with each other. You couldn't phone people. Eventually, the bridegroom, he disappeared. So we're all, we're all standing there out in the street, uh, you know, like a bunch of idiots, all looking round and, well, what should we do? Someone said, shall we go to the reception? Great idea. Oh, yeah, we're all in agreement. Everyone piles into their cars and gathering up all the, the dresses and the, the skirts and bundling people in. <laughs> and we all go off to the reception. There's all the food laid on and the bars open and uh, another idiot DJ. And I mustn't say that. It's, I hope there are no DJs listening. No, you're not all idiots. It's just I can't stand DJs. Good grief. Don't they get on your wick? Anyway, we're all at the reception and we're enjoying the food, the sandwiches and goodness knows what. And there's uh, all the, a certain amount of drinks behind the bar were, were free or something. You know how they put a amount of cash behind the bar. And normally... The chat would be, oh, didn't that go well? Well, you're married now, off on honeymoon. Yeah, good luck, lovely to see you. And, and all that sort of stuff going on, all that chat. But it was all about, so where is she? Where do you think the bride got to? Perhaps she changed her mind. Perhaps she's gone off with someone else. Some of the old ladies were saying, oh, well, I think she made a wise decision. Oh, you don't want to get married. She's too young to get married. <laughs> all these old ladies going on. Imagine them sitting in the corner doing their knitting. No, they weren't. <laughs> they didn't do their knitting. Eventually, after, what, two hours it must have been, or two hours or more, we're, we're going, uh, I don't know what the time was, but it was an evening thing. And eventually, the bridegroom turned up and he's saying, right, you, ladies and gentlemen, he told the DJ to shut up. <laughs> he didn't grab his mic. He should have done that, grab the microphone. Mind you, you can't ever hear what they're saying, can you? I don't know what it is with the audio gear that DJs use, 
because you can't hear what they're saying. It's a... What was that? Oh, he's putting on another record. So the bridegroom, he said, right, sorry about all this. Uh, my wife-to-be was taken ill. She went into hospital, appendicitis. How about that? She hadn't just not turned up because she changed her mind. She hadn't run off with... <laughs> she hadn't run off with someone else. The poor girl, she had severe stomach pain. They called her an ambulance, her and her you know, bridesmaids, whatever they were, and she went to hospital and had her appendix out. <laughs> and there's all us lot at the reception, all drinking and eating, <laughs> and she's poor girl's in hospital. So there we are. That's, uh, that's another interesting wedding that I went to. They did get married at a later date, I hasten to add. So uh, all's well that ended well. I said earlier about a couple getting married at 16, married happily, well, up to today, you know, 50 years. It's strange in the UK because I don't know what it's like in other countries, but here you can get married legally at 16. Now, you cannot vote at 16. You're not allowed to drink until you're 18. Uh, you are can't you can't drive till you're 17. So there's all this, you know, you can, you can be married with a baby, but you're not allowed to go into a pub and drink. You can't vote. You can't drive a car. It's, it's always seemed rather odd to me that to, you, know, you do everything. I mean, to get married and uh, perhaps rent or buy a, a flat or a house, you have a baby, you do all that. So you're kind of an adult and yet you're not allowed to do most things. You can't go into a pub and have a beer. Good grief. A friend of mine, we were apprentices together in the radio and TV trade back in the 60s in the days of pirate radio, and I won't go into that, he never married. I'm still in touch with him. He never married. And over the years, I've said to him, you know, you're not going to get married then, Brian. I said, no, no, no. And I said, yeah, why? Why did you never get married? You didn't want to. And he said, it never happened. You know, it, it didn't happen. As he explained to me once, you, you don't go out looking to get married, you know, when you're in your teens, 20s. You don't think, right, I need to go out, find a girlfriend and get married. You just go out with your mate. Do you meet girls? He had plenty of girlfriends in the early days, and and he's been out with um, you know older women as he's got older. But he said it never happened. You know, normally you meet someone, but we meet several people, <laughs> loads of girls. No, I didn't really. Well, I did, and then you know one special one comes along and you get married. But he said in his case it just didn't happen. It's not that he didn't want to get married. He'd meet someone, they'd go out for a few months. I think he went out with one one uh, lady when he was older for about three years. And that drifted apart or whatever happened. So he didn't consciously decide not to get married. It just didn't happen for him. And another chap I know, he, I think he sort of actively didn't want to get married in the early days. He was enjoying life too much. He was going around the world, seeing the world. He was doing this, doing that. He had friends. And he didn't want to, I remember him once saying something about not wanting to be tied down. Now, that's probably not a very nice way to look at marriage, is it, being tied down? But it, it's, I don't know, he didn't want to be restricted, I suppose. Well, when he said tied down, he didn't mean that in a sort of derogatory way. But he didn't want to be restricted. If a friend of his said, oh, look, I'm nipping out to Australia, do you want to come with me? Because he always had plenty of money. He didn't want to have to say, well, to his wife, you know, can I go to Australia? Do you want to come with me? He didn't want any of that. And it's only, funnily enough, only recently, uh, last year, what is he? He's older than me. He's, he's um, into his 70s now. 
he did say to me, do you know, perhaps I should have got married because I think in his old age, he's getting a little bit lonely. But of course, he had great fun though. He's, you know, you name it, anywhere in the world, he's been there, he's seen it, he's done it, he's been there. Got the t-shirt, got the mug. <laughs> Dreadful expressions, aren't they? So he's had a, a good, happy life. It's only now I think he's getting a bit lonely. Before my wedding, well, about a year before I got married, I had a letter from the tax people. You know, it's the Inland Revenue in the UK. In that, what is it? IRS in America, isn't it? Inland Revenue Services, whatever. Anyway, they sent me this letter. Would you come along to the tax office, blah, 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 at so-and-so time and date? Because you filled in on your tax form that you're married man, you're claiming married man's allowance when you're not married. And I'm thinking, I didn't do that. I didn't put that on my tax return form. And I told someone, they said, well, you must have done, a friend of mine. He said, you must have done, just trying to get your tax you know, reduced. And I said, no, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't lie like that. Anyway, on the day I went along to the revenue, I was quite worried about this. You know, I thought, are they going to demand a load of money back? Have they been taxing me incorrectly? And I've got to pay out a load of cash. Anyway, I got there and I sat down. This chap, he looked very stern. They were stern in those days, weren't they? Tax people. Uh, so were bank managers. Do you remember bank managers? You get shown into the office. You come, you knock on the door. Come, you go in there. Yes, uh, how can I help you? Oh, I'd like a bank loan. No. Oh, okay. Well, I was hoping to buy a car. No, no, they weren't like that. I do remember going for a loan for a car. And he said, what car is it? It was only for like two or three hundred pounds. You know, back then it was nothing. I don't think it was that much. And I told him what it was. I said, it's a whatever car and a year so and so, done so many miles. He said, oh, I'm sure you could do better than that. He said, that, that's too expensive for a car like that. And I thought, well, he doesn't know it. What's he know about cars? Sitting there behind his desk. Anyway, he wouldn't give me the money. So I turn up at the tax office, sitting opposite this bloke, this officious little uh, man, that's the word. He was officious. And he said, right, I've got your form here. And he passed it over. He said, look at that, look, where you filled in there. Look, 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 married man, married man. And he's tapping it. Look, see, see, see. I was looking at the form and I said, well, where? I can't see anywhere that I've put that I'm a married man. Slid the form back, looked at it, and he said, oh, oh, no, you haven't, have you? You haven't put that you're married. I said, well, no, because I'm not married. Oh, well, that's right. That's the end of that. Then no problem. Thank you. And I thought, well, that's nice. No apology. It gets me in there as if it's going to imprison me. And when he realised it's his mistake, not mine, I wasn't trying to cheat them. Oh, that's it. Right, you can go now. I think I said earlier that I haven't been to that many weddings, but I must have been to quite a few thinking back over the years. There was one. Now, this is... <laughs> It was funny at the time. Well, I suppose it wasn't. It's funny now. The bridegroom, he had his suit on, you know, all the gear and uh, what do you call it, the top hat and tails, all that stuff. He'd hired this. And in the back of the car, he was, who was he? He was with his best man. I think it was, must have been the best man. And they arrived, they're just about to arrive at the place. In the back of the car, they were drinking. They had cans of beer. And what happened was um, his best man opened a, a can and it had obviously been shaken and it went all over <laughs> all over the bridegroom all down his suit everywhere and his face psh, beer everywhere you know how it go if you shake it you know how it all just spurts out of the can and he couldn't well, he couldn't go into the church like that you know, it was dreadful so what he did he had in the back of his car which was i think near uh, 
Oh, no, that was at the reception, that's right. He had his ordinary going-away clothes. So what they, had to, <laughs> what they had to do was, luckily the reception wasn't far away, the venue. They had to go there, get his sort of honeymoon going-away clothes out of the boot of the car. He changed, and he turned up at the church to get married. Luckily it wasn't too late because he was pretty early in the first place. But he was, <laughs> he was wearing jeans because uh, the trousers of the suit, the whole lot had been showered in beer. He was wearing jeans and a T-shirt. And he did have a jacket, so he put some sort of jacket on over the top, but like a summer jacket. And when his wife turned up, she walked down the aisle. I was sitting in the, I was going to say the audience. Is it an audience of the congregation? I don't know. I was sitting in, in with the people watching this. And she turned up and she started... <laughs> She started having a go and people are saying, oh, look, their first row, this is their first row in the church. And the vicar was saying, well, it's all right, don't worry, don't worry, dear. And she was saying, well, I do worry. Look at the state of what happened to you. Where's your suit? And he was trying to explain about the beer. The best man's looking guilty when he was guilty. I was thinking, oh, goodness, what a great start to their marriage, you know. What a brilliant start to their marriage. They haven't even got married. They're in the church and they're arguing. And she didn't let go of that all throughout the reception and for the rest of the time before they went on honeymoon. She was going on and on. (laughs) She said that he shouldn't have been drinking in the back of the car on the way to the church, which I suppose is fair enough, isn't it? I suppose that's fair enough. I went to my friend's wedding. Right opposite the church was a pub. Not a good idea. So we're early. I wasn't best man. I was just a friend, you know. And a few of us, half a dozen of us, went into the pub. I think we were about an hour early for the church. I don't know why we got there so early. So, uh, oh, I'll have a beer. Yeah, have a beer for him, right? He wants a beer. We're all drinking beer, which was fine. We weren't getting drunk. And this was around lunchtime. We're all, all in there having beers. <laughs> Suddenly someone came over and said, come on, what are you doing? You're late. You're supposed to be. Oh, is that the time? All right. So we all trooped over to the church. And of course... After about 10 minutes, we're in the church. We needed the toilet. Well, there wasn't a toilet in the church. Well, we couldn't find one. We did ask someone. Look, we couldn't ask the vicar. He's up the front waiting for people to turn up and things. <laughs> the bride. So we had to sneak outside into the bushes. You know, one by one, we're sneaking out of the church. We must have had, I don't know how many, we must have had sort of three or four pints each. And of course, you know, once you start going to the loo, you come back in the church, then 10 minutes later, you need to go again. So you've got half a dozen of us in and out of the church. Of course, the bridegroom, he couldn't do that. And we were, we were laughing because we could see him standing up there. The vicar's doing his bit. You know, do you so-and-so take this so-and-so woman to be your wife? And he was wiggling his legs. <laughs> he needed the loo. And we imagined him wetting himself. Luckily, he didn't. But as soon as it was over, you've never... You've never seen a couple walk out of the church so quickly. Normally they stroll down the aisle, don't they, towards the church doors and, and then go outside. He was almost running and dragging his new wife down the aisle. Talking of drinking, I don't know which wedding it was, one of the ones I've mentioned. We got to the church and the vicar was outside greeting everyone. And he's got a can of beer in his hand and he's swigging this can of beer. And we're all looking at each other, sort of, well, is that, that's not the done thing. The vicar, <laughs> the vicar shouldn't be drinking outside the church. 
and someone commented and he said well it's a day of celebration isn't it and this oh was it some woman and she said well i suppose so but surely you shouldn't be drinking vicar outside the church and he said oh come on come on it's a, a day of celebration where's the harm in a little tipple a little tipple by the by the time he was doing the ceremony he was definitely slurring his words well gathered here today <laughs> ah dear but it was he was actually a great vicar because afterwards he was chatting you know as people all came out he was chatting away and, and drinking another can he was a brilliant vicar and he was saying, <laughs> he was saying to the the happy couple have a good evening and they were saying, oh, thank you, yes, we will, because it, it was the evening reception or whatever. And then he said, and have a good night, if you know what I mean. Hey, hey, a good night, yeah, yeah. And people are all looking at him thinking, what sort of vicar is this? Have a good, you know, wedding night, you know, we know what they're going to get up to. Oh, there's a vicar, hey, know what I mean? Have a good night. What a vicar. <laughs> he was terrific, actually. I'm surprised he didn't get reported and struck off. What do they get struck off? Defrocked. <laughs> Decassocked. I knew a solicitor. He got uh, not defrocked. D. De, what do they do? Debarred or something? Anyway, he got chucked out of the <laughs> the solicitors' uh, club or whatever it is they're in. So he was no longer a solicitor. His crime was drinking. He was always drinking, and he was always. I think he must have been alcoholic. Poor chap. He was always slurring his words. I went to see him once, so only about a minor matter. He was kind of, not a friend, but an acquaintance. And he did smell of drink. You could smell alcohol. And he was slurring his words. And he was trying to write something, and he, he couldn't do it properly. I, I reckon he must have been alcoholic. But he got, uh, is it dis disbarred, disbanded, I don't know, dis something, thrown out. The sad thing now with coronavirus and lockdown, I know two people, three people, I think, They'd arrange their weddings, you know, they'd pay the deposit up front and all this, and they'd booked things, and now they can't do it. One, I think, was postponed. It was at, a, I can't remember where it was, some country place, country house, they booked the wedding, paid the deposit up front, and the people have said, well, you, you can do it, you know, do you want to do it next year, or do you want to postpone it? And of course, everything was planned, even the time off work, the whole lot was booked, and I don't know what's happening now, and the other couple I know that were going to get married, I think they've opted for the registry office instead of the, the big do that they planned. They've now, that's right, they, they've got their money back from all that. And they're just going to do a registry office thing and then a, a little reception at someone's house. I think they've got a friend with a large house and garden. That's if lockdown allows. Because uh, what's happening now with this lockdown, I don't know what's going on with it. It's the various dates, I just get confused. But I think we are allowed to have a certain amount of people in the garden, aren't we? I don't know. But it really has messed up people's weddings. And I know to other people, because of the lockdown, they had their driving tests booked. Uh, that was cancelled or whatever they did with it, postponed. And they've been waiting now for over a year to take their test, their driving test. And of course, in that time, they've not been driving because the driving instructors haven't been there. So they did all their lessons. They got up to up to standard, all ready to take their test. Then they can't do anything for a year or more. So what's going to happen there? They're going to have to take more lessons to get sort of up to speed again, and then hopefully take their test. But I did hear, is it right? There are, is it a million people or something in the queue now to take the test, or half a million? 
it's crazy. It's affected so many things, this lockdown. But uh, I do feel sorry mainly for the people that had their weddings planned and booked. So how have you? I've been asking several times recently, haven't I? How are you doing in, in lockdown? How are you coping with it? You're all right. I'm, I mean, I'm all right. I'm here with my wife. We've got a garden. We've got uh, great neighbours. You know, we can have a chat over the fence. Uh, but of course, we can't go to the pub. We can't go to the restaurants. You know, it really has changed everything. Uh, I know so many businesses have, well, they've gone out of business. I don't know how pubs are surviving. You know, how, how can you have a pub with no customers? Month in, month out, your takings are zero and you've still got to pay out things. So I don't know what's going to happen. But hopefully you're coping all right, listening to me, ranting on, talking rubbish. <laughs> hopefully, a couple of people have said it helps, so hopefully it does help you, uh, listening to me moaning and going on, raise rants. I think it's better for older people like me, because I'm not wanting to go to nightclubs, uh, pubs, bars, restaurants. I'm not wanting to do that all the time. We've just had our holiday uh, well, can- we cancelled it. We were going to the Isle of Wight last year. We go for a, a couple of weeks each year, two separate weeks. Last year, we were going in May. And because of the lockdown, we postponed it for a year. The people said, you can come next year if you want. So, yeah, OK. The same time, May next year. We've realised because we're taking someone outside the family, we can't do it this year. So we've now got our money back. Oh, that's what we're doing. So that's a shame. They did say, do you want to book it for later in the year? But we thought, well, no, because if the rules change and we can't go, we have to be postponing it again. So we thought, get our money back and we'll start again as and when it looks like we can go. But as I said, older people like me, apart from now, I mean, it doesn't matter. A week in the Isle of Wight cancelled, doesn't matter. We can cope with that. We can put up with that. But we've got so many other things we can do at home in the garden We've got uh, rabbits, we've got tortoises, we've got a lot to do here. Repairs on the house. So I'm certainly not sitting here climbing the walls. I know some people are, especially if you haven't got a garden or if you're on your own. What do you do? You just live on your own, perhaps in a flat. You you can't go out, you can't do anything. The only thing I, <laughs> I suppose the only thing I do miss is the hairdresser, my barber. He's closed and my hair's getting longer. Did I tell you? I think I told you last week. We bought, um, my wife and I, we bought a hairdressing kit. There's thinning scissors and ordinary scissors and electric clippers. And she's had a go and it's pretty good. Had a go at my hair. I think it's time to do it again. Just do a little bit at a time rather than, oh, my neighbour. He said, just shave the whole lot off. I thought, I can't can't do that. Some people don't have any hair at all. If they're thinning a bit, they shave it all off. But that's okay because you're used to seeing them like that. I look like some kind of, 1960s hippie with hair everywhere to suddenly appear out of the street totally bald I'd be a laughing stock I can hear the dust cart coming up the street that's going to make a noise I might have to have a, a coffee break in a minute but I want to tell you about this other wedding well really it's what happened before the wedding and why they got married no it's no good the dust cart's nearing so I'll make a coffee and I'll be back in a second get yourself a coffee while you're waiting Oh, no, you don't have to wait, do you? (laughs) I don't know what the dustmen are doing out there. They've been out there for ages. I've got my coffee. Can you hear that? I think their their dust cart needs oiling. So I knew this couple. We'll have to have that as a sort of background, like a sound effect. (laughs) Instead of seagulls, I'll have a dust cart as my 
trademark rather than seagulls. Okay, so this lovely couple, she wanted to get married, he wanted to wait. Uh, her reason was, you know, let, let's just get married, why not, let's just do it now. His point was, well, if we can save up just for another year, then we'll have enough money for a deposit to get a house, you know, to buy a place rather than rent somewhere, all this sort of thing. What happened was they did get married earlier because she became pregnant. So he said, OK, you know, he was a, a gentleman, right, we're going to do the right thing, we, we will get married straight away. And they did, they got married, and it was a, you know, a lovely, not a church one, it was a registry office again. What are those dustmen doing out there? Sorry, they're not dustmen, are they? They're refuse collectors. I must get it right. They'll take me to court. They're refuse collectors. <laughs> oh dear, it's funny how things have changed, isn't it, over the decades. You have to be so careful what you say now and you offend people, insult people. Well, you don't, I do. <laughs> I'm not politically correct. Well, I am when I remember to be. But sometimes I forget and I say things, like, oops, I shouldn't have said that. So what, where was I? Oh, yeah, the, she's pregnant. So they got married. Lovely wedding, nice reception. DJ again. Why? Why? Why DJ? Anyway. And that was great. They moved into a rented place because they couldn't save up like he wanted to. Moved into this rented place. It was two or three months later. She discovered that she wasn't pregnant. And he is telling people, oh, well, she's not pregnant after all. And we're thinking, hang on, hang on. She told, she said she was pregnant uh, a month or two before the wedding. Then she's saying that she's not pregnant, I think it was two or three months after the wedding. None of us had seen a bump, you know, because we were all in contact with her and family and the rest of it. None of us had seen a bump. It transpired that she never had been pregnant. She said that, she tricked him just so they could get married early. Of course, it wrecked his plans. He was saving up. He wanted to buy a place. He wanted to buy a property. He had a good job. He just wanted the deposit. Everything was going to work out perfectly. But of course, she wanted to get married early. They ended up renting, which meant they would never, well, I don't know how they're going to save up for a deposit for a mortgage to buy a place when they're paying out rent every month. Anyway, it all came to light and she did say to me I, I lied I wasn't pregnant at all and they split up now that was sad they split up because they've been such a happy couple they've been together I don't know several years and they split up and that was the end of it they gave up the rented place I think they went back to their parents or whatever they did and divorce now isn't that a shame apart from the dustman my chair can you, listen I won't do it now my chair keeps creaking. The table, my desk keeps creaking. <laughs> You'll be thinking, what is going on in the studio? Yes, the studio. What is going on? We've had, is it three now or four days of really nice weather? Perfectly clear blue sky, sunshine down here on the south coast of the UK. I'm not far from Brighton. Absolutely clear blue sky and perfect sunshine. The sun obviously is still a bit low in the sky because we're only, where are we? we're in March now, aren't we? We're actually into March and our clocks change at the end of this month, the end of March. Now what do they do? They spring forward, don't they, and fall back. That's the way, in the autumn they fall back. So they spring forward. So it's now 11 o'clock in the morning. So at the end of this month, it'll go forward to, yes, uh, 12 o'clock. It, they've been trying to stop this, or some people have been trying to stop this clock changing 
um, what is it, British Summertime, isn't it? BST, they call it, British Summertime, rather than GMT. Mind you, they've changed GMT now, haven't they? Greenwich Mean Time, which it's been for like a million years. They now call it, uh, what is it, a UTC, uh, Universal Time Clock, or Zulu, Z, I don't know why they call it Z. It's, I, I don't know what it is, they're trying to get away from Greenwich because Greenwich is in London. And for some people, I don't know, they've got a problem with London. Now, I think what it is, they've got a problem that, you know, why isn't it um, somewhere in Paris, Paris mean time, you know, or I, I don't know, Vancouver mean time or whatever. Anyway, it's London, well, it's not London mean time, it's Greenwich. That's where the, what is it, a meridian thing. But we've got beautiful sunshine today as well. It's really nice. It's really beginning to warm up. We've got daffodils coming up, crocus coming up. Why do people say crocuses? I don't correct them. I used to correct people, but I don't anymore. It's not crocuses, it's crocus is the plural. My chair's creaking again. So we've got all these springtime things happening. I haven't seen any hedgehogs yet. We do have, I've made a hedgehog hibernating box or hibernation box. It's full of straw and we have had visitors. What hedgehogs do, they'll hibernate, then they'll wake up perhaps halfway through the winter and think, hang on a minute, I'm a bit peckish. They'll nip out, eat a couple of slugs or snails, then go back, not necessarily where they were, but to somewhere else to hibernate. So we might see hedgehogs or a hedgehog in the box one day. Next day he's gone, doesn't come back, disappeared. Doesn't mean he's died. And oh, I must tell you, I must tell you, five or six years ago, we put a little pond in the garden. Not big, just a little pond. And we had some frogs. After a couple of years, frogs appeared. That's good, they've moved in. We've never, ever had frogs spawn. We've never seen that. We've never had spawn or tadpoles or little frogs. The other day, I was walking down the garden to the shed. The sun's shining. And I thought, what's that in the pond? What's all that muck there? I was about to hook it out, think it was paper or something like that. It's a whole mass of frog spawn. How about that? So I put some wire netting over the pond to cover the top because we've got seagulls, magpies, pigeons, all sorts of birds, rooks. I mean, the rooks come down and eat any, anything and everything in sight. So I don't think the frog spawn would last. Anyway, it's still there. I think I read, what was it? It said, was it 14 days or 14 weeks? I can't remember, but we should have, at some stage, some little frogs, which is brilliant. My mother hates frogs. She said, I don't want to see them. <laughs> I said, well, you're not. You're locked down. You're not coming round here. The buds are coming out on the bushes. The bulbs are coming up. Everything's beginning to happen. And of course, it's warming up as well, slowly warming up each day. We had a terrible frost the other night. This is the problem for gardeners, isn't it? They start planting things out. Then you get a severe frost and it kills it. And this is what can happen on the, we've got a clematis and a, what is it, a Boston ivy plant or something. Little buds start coming out. You get a severe frost that kills the buds, but it is all beginning to happen. The camellia round the front, that's coming out. We've got rhododendron. I don't know why we've got a rhododendron plant because they, they're huge things. Mind you, it's the wrong soil. They need acid, I think, don't they? Acidic soil, and we don't have that. Why am I talking about this? We're meant to be talking about weddings. You see, look, you've, you've made me go off again. You've made me digress. I've just remembered that vicar <laughs> that was drinking outside the church, he's standing there with his can, 
He's also got his collection plate or bowl. He's rattling this bowl about. Oh, we need a church roof. He said, we need a new church roof. Rattling this. People were putting money in it. His collection thing. Why is it that church roofs all need replacing? I mean, there, there must be something wrong with the initial build. Oh, there again. We've got a church near us. Clapham Woods, built in 1200. How about that? 1200 AD. That's incredible, isn't it? No wonder that needs. <laughs> I reckon if our house was uh, built in 1200, we'd need a new roof by now. But it just seems that all churches need new roofs. Now, the church, the biggest landowner in the land, why not sell some land? Why not flog off a bit here and there? You know, they've got all sorts of bits of land. Flog off a bit and get the roof sorted out. Surely that makes sense. Anyway, he had quite a good uh, collection. It, I, I looked at the plate, he piled up. People were putting in sort of five-pound notes. I'm going back to, well, the, where was that? 70s, I think. People were putting in five-pound notes in the 70s. I mean, that, that was good money then. I wonder. I know, it's, isn't it awful? I did wonder at the time, as he's swigging his beer, I was watching and I was thinking, that's where he gets his beer money from. <laughs> I shouldn't say that, should I? That's naughty. Mind you, he was naughty. There was one thing. I didn't think it was allowed in the, what was it, the Church of England? I don't know what it was. I was walking past a church. There was a wedding going on and the the bride turned up and she got out of this Rolls Royce car, this vintage Rolls Royce, and she's about 15 months pregnant. She was huge. I mean, she must have been about to give birth. She was huge with child. And I stopped. I sort of smiled and because she, she was crossing the pavement, I was walking along from the car to the entrance to the churchyard, and she was, <laughs> well, she was obviously about to give birth. And I did think at the time, I'm not sure now, uh, well, they must have allowed it, but I didn't think the church allowed that sort of thing. Well, I shouldn't say that sort of thing, should I? I'm probably being politically incorrect again. But uh, she had a lovely white dress on. I mean, you're meant to wear white. <laughs> I suppose... Poor girl couldn't have worn black, really, could she? Well, it's not black, is it? It's um, She was pregnant. They're going to have a baby. That's lovely, isn't it? Just kind of got the timing a little bit wrong. Should have done the church and then got pregnant. Oh, dear. As I said, how things have changed. Mind you, that was back in the 70s. So, no. So, uh, yes, things perhaps haven't changed. Actually, they have changed. I think far, I heard this on the radio the other day, far fewer young girls these days are getting pregnant. I don't know why that should be. Perhaps they're giving it more thought before they go off and do things. I don't know. I suppose also, especially with lockdown. I mean, how do you meet people? How do people meet? You know, oh, look, there's a girl. I'll go and ask her out. I'll offer her a drink. You're at a dance. Would you like to dance? You can't do any of that. Didn't I mention that last week? Probably. Probably. Getting repetitive now in my old age. Well, I'm now going to be deliberately repetitive. Raise rants at protonmail.com. Raise rants, or one word, at protonmail.com. Love to hear from you. I've got some regular emailers. I won't read out the list. I've got quite a few on my list of regular emailers, which is good. I love hearing from people, comments, see what they think of the podcast episodes and ideas and all the rest of it. So, yeah, do contact me if you've got a minute. It would be lovely to hear from you. Nothing to do with marriage and weddings again, but... I had a sad day, a couple of days ago. I had to throw a shirt away. It's a lovely blue shirt. It fits so well. I've had it for, my wife reckons, 15 years. And I think she's probably about right. About 15 years. Lovely shirt. But the material was 
rotting, I suppose, decaying, you know. You, you just pull it slightly and it rips apart. And there, <laughs> there's a big split down the front. Now, I don't care because I'm in lockdown. I'm at home. I'm not going out. I'm in the garden or here talking to you or on my radio talking to people around the world. So who cares if I've got a ripped shirt? Anyway, it's gone in the bin. I'm not allowed to wear <laughs> torn clothes. My wife started calling me Compo. Do you know Compo from Last of the Summer Wine? I don't know whether you see that. Do you see that abroad anywhere in Australia? You must, yeah, you must see Last of the Summer Wine in America and all around the world. Compo, he's a, a sort of scruffy chap with his jackets all ripped. I don't mind being scruffy. I mean, obviously, when I go out, I'm not scruffy, but I don't go out, so I am scruffy. Oh, and last year, I threw away my favourite pair of shoes, which I must have had for 20 years. There's holes in the bottom. They were fine. Go out in the garden or go out for a walk. It's funny, the tops were fine, but the bottom had holes in. I kept them well polished. Now, that's all very well. If you go out and it's dry, it's perfectly all right. Go out and it's wet, and you get wet socks. So in the end, they went in the bin. Oh, that was a sad day as well. <laughs> all these clothes. People buy clothes, don't they? They're always on about this on the telly. People buy new clothes. They don't wear them. Or they wear them once or twice and throw them away. They are clothes some clothes are becoming disposable aren't they like t-shirts you can get for two or three pounds you wear them a few times they go bobbly in the bin it's a bit of a waste isn't it we're trying to people are trying to recycle and in a war what was it make do and mend and everything now here we are in 2021 wearing an item of clothing for five minutes and putting it in the bin in the dustbin for the squeaky bin collectors to come and in their squeaky cart to come and collect it. I'll have to complain to the council. No, they'll probably put the, they'll put the tax up, won't they? The poll tax, council tax. I don't know what they call it. It's a rip-off tax. Now I am waffling. Thanks for listening as always. Lovely to hear from you. I'll try and fix my squeaky chair before next Sunday's episode. Unless you don't mind the squeaky chair. Raise rants at protonmail.com. Take care. Do the best you can during lockdown and I shall see you next week. Bye-bye for now.